The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where on every episode, I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Joining me today is Noor Zivdeh. Noor is a functional and integrative dietitian and nutritionist, an author, and a speaker. She helps people overcome digestive conditions like acid reflux, IBS, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO, Crohn's disease, and ulcerative colitis through individualized anti-inflammatory food plans, nutritional therapies, and cutting-edge integrative nutrition tests. She's helped many patients with hypothyroidism, autoimmune disease, histamine intolerance, so many of the autoimmune conditions that we deal with today. She's the author of the Complete Acid Reflux Diet Plan, Easy Meal Plans and Recipes to Heal GERD and LPR, and The Detox Way, Everyday Recipes to Feel Energized, Focused, and Physically and Mentally Empowered. Welcome to the show, Noor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you are far away right now, but thanks for uh, taking the time to join me. This is such an important topic. You know, I see patients every day in practice and even when I'm out and about that are really still continuing to deal with so many digestive issues. What do you think the problem is with the gut, so to speak, in the modern world? Why are so many people having problems with some of the things that you've written about, like reflux or bacterial overgrowth or even histamine intolerance? What do you think is happening that's created all of these unhealthy digestive systems. Yeah. So, I mean, um, the way we eat and, um, you know, it's like the way we eat, a lot of people are not getting enough vegetables, the right kind of uh, the variety, really. It's not one type of vegetable. Um, you know, we see like a lot of families, we, we all sometimes do that. Like you get stuck on eating one type of vegetable because that's what the kids like and that's what you right. like and that's what easy but now studies finding the more variety of your diet uh the more uh, diversity and even a higher number of uh healthy bacteria gut flora uh that we have we are um you know incorporating more convenience foods that are processed higher in sugar less than fiber we're not fermenting our food we're not eating naturally um, like pickled foods and yogurts that are uh, generations before us they used to count on because they ate seasonal they had to preserve their food uh, for the winter and things like that um, and then we are exposed to medications um, maybe some things that you know a lot there's of course like a big awareness of uh, antibiotics and not to rush into taking antibiotics but there's also an increase in um, acid reflux medications they are available over the counter maybe there isn't as much awareness of the um, the side effects of uh, self-diagnosing and self-prescribing and overuse of over-the-counter medications then we may be exposed to environmental toxins plastic um, makeup and uh, cleaning supplies and all of those things that potentially uh, you know you know, um, make it harder for a digestive system and your immune system. It's like having an attack after the other. And uh, if we're undernourished, we're not getting enough vitamins and minerals and proteins. Um, it's harder and harder for the body to overcome it. So getting that, like it's the, the big issue, like getting the right range of different bacteria in your gut to keep a healthy gut. That's the foundation of our immune system. We know that from research today, we know that you know, almost 80% of your immune system is in your digestive system. And then when that goes awry, then the entire immunology kind of goes off as well. 
you know, what, what do you think people can do? It's very hard to control your environment, right? Like we can do that to an extent in terms of controlling the types of food we eat, the cleanliness of what we do, what we put on our bodies or makeup and all of that stuff. We can control it to an extent, but are there things people should be doing on a consistent basis to maintain what you brought up, which is bacterial diversity to help keep that healthy gut? What are some basic things that everybody should be doing? Yeah, I mean, the the I love the study that came up with just the number of vegetables. Count the number of vegetables that you eat over a week. If you get to 30, then you're good. If you don't get to 30, then uh, there's some homework and some things that you may want to experiment, experiment with um, and then look for recipes and things that and ways for incorporating them. Um, eating foods that contain prebiotics. So prebiotics are certain fibers that feed the good bacteria in our gut. And so these are common foods that we eat on a regular basis, things like garlic, onion, asparagus, or even uh, bananas before they become very ripe. When they're a little green, we get a little bit of prebiotics in there. Uh, things like legumes, um, apple skin, um, orange contains fibers, uh, things, vegetables that we may not be uh, very familiar with, like jicama or uh, Jerusalem artichoke. Um, sometimes I like to give people this list and, and look up ways to make them, to incorporate them in our daily, um, you know, maybe weekly activity uh, plans. Now, when it comes to probiotics, uh, definitely incorporating things like fermented uh, uh, yogurt or um, things like fermented vegetables like cabbage and um and carrots and other vegetables now this is a healthy way for for incorporating probiotics as long as they don't contain uh, vinegar or other preservatives because that kills the bacteria that we're trying to deliver to the body and for a lot of people doing the fermented vegetables um and and the yogurt helps um but there are a set of people who have histamine issues that may actually backfire and could be a sign or a big warning sign that there is um, some sort of imbalance with histamine metabolism in the body. So really trying to get in more of those probiotic rich foods, a divert, and you're really focused on vegetables. Do you feel like that's where the drop off is? Is that people not getting enough range of vegetables or enough diversity of vegetables? Uh, that's kind of the big issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the vegetables are going to have the, the prebiotic, the fibers. I, I like to mention the, the fermented probiotic vegetables, like, you know, getting um, cabbage and shredding that or right. chopping it and making a salt and water brine and, um, and making sauerkraut, let's just say, letting it sit for three weeks uh, on, on the counter. The, the nice thing of doing fermented vegetables is that some people have uh, dairy intolerances. So maybe yogurt is not an option or right. HGs is not an option. So it's nice to know that you can get probiotics even if you can't tolerate uh, dairy products. Wonderful. So that's a point many people will even bring up to me in, pra in practice, but you know, how do I get those probiotic rich foods in when I have a dairy intolerance or I'm vegan or some of these type of things. So that, that concept of bacterial diversity and getting it through vegetables, fermenting your vegetables, having a, a range of different foods that you eat. What is happening though with a person that has histamine intolerance where they can't have diversity of foods because they have this elevated histamine level and they seem to react to everything. I have one particular patient I can think of, like she's down to three or four foods she can eat because she has these huge reactions to everything else that she even tries. So if it's not on her three or four list of foods and it's a problem. So what, uh, what is that concept? How do you deal with it? Have you seen patients with that before? And what do you think is happening there? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So like a very common scenario is somebody um, have heard that fermented foods are good and healthy for them. And so they start uh, making their own at home or they buy it from the store. They add yogurt, probiotics. They hear maybe apple cider vinegar is good for digestion. And so they start incorporating things that um, they're in an attempt to be healthier, um, but they find that they start feeling worse. And so recognizing the science is going to be really important. Now, histamine is a compound that the immune cells uh, release. It's really important. We need it to produce hydrochloric acid from the stomach for digestion. It induces estrogen production from the uterus. Um, if your body is exposed to a foreign substance, histamine is uh, one of the immune system mechanism for defense. It warns the other cells and allows other immune cells to come to the site of attack um, to protect us. So we really need it. Um, but if we have too much histamine, the body is um, either making too much histamine or holding on to too much histamine, then we start to have symptoms. We start to have too much of a good thing. So symptoms could be uh, uh, cramping, uh, uh, digestive cramps, um, having loose stools or urgent bowel movements or diarrhea. Um, they can be um, in the skin, like flushing or redness in the skin. And I you know, often ask people if they drink alcohol, like, do you get red uh, face, like if you have any alcoholic beverage, because that's high in histamine, maybe hives, rashes, um, eczema, um, feeling like sudden sweating or um, um, feeling warm very quickly or rapid heart rate. Um, sometimes headaches and migraines can be a problem. Um, one of the signs is having severe um, cramping in the uterus right before your period, uh, bloating, acid reflux as well because histamine releases, uh, uh, promotes the release of hydrochloric acid. So if you have too much heartburn, too much acid, that could be a sign as well, muscle and joint pain. So the thing with histamine is that because it works on many aspects of the body, it can help the, the vessels dilate and constrict. Um, it can show up in any part like the skin, the lungs, the heart, the digestive tract. And sometimes it, it's, um, you know, one of those wonder cases, like uh, a patient may go to several providers and they're running tests and labs and they find most things are things are fine, but the patient is still reacting to something. And so when they come across histamine, it's like, wow, like uh, this big aha moment, like something is finally or someone is finally able to help me or I'm, I'm putting some uh, connecting some dots together. And so for, for histamine, it, it's really like um, being aware of it. And um, you, as a provider, if you keep seeing it, you start you start looking for it and you're just right. aware of that it's happening. And um, usually it's like a sign of relief for patients to be able to name what's going on with them. So what is the, is there a good lab test to do to help diagnose histamine intolerance or for the provider or not necessarily? Yeah, I mean, there are, um, there is a way to test for histamine. My understanding is histamine has a short uh, half-life, which means that um, it will be released. Um, you know, you can catch it if it's, at the moment, but maybe a few hours later, it may not be as accurate as as valid. So a lot of times the the identification of a histamine problem is by following a low histamine diet, um, reducing the foods that contain histamine, the foods that make your body release histamine. Uh, there are um, foods that block the enzyme that breaks down histamine. So following this diet for two weeks can usually tell someone that is this a histamine issue or not a histamine issue because they will tell the difference. 
Got you. And then what does somebody do if they do have a histamine intolerance? Like, do they do testing to see what foods they're reacting to? Or is there a particular diet that we know works for them? Uh, what do you, mm -hmm. what's the best step? Cause I feel like they're really tough patients in practice in general, because it's so hard to pinpoint that these are the things that might be affecting you. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are, there are just like to go back to the testing that there are medical tests that could identify if somebody has mast cell activation syndrome in which their immune cells are, um, you know, releasing histamine. Um, and, and that's like, I'm a, my background is an integrative dietitian, so I'm not uh, a medical, uh, a physician. Right. Um, but in, in terms of somebody who's coming across this information, um, you know, the first thing that they can do is try the diet. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting, like with histamine is that there's several components or several reasons why this may be happening. And so sometimes um, there is a gene that is responsible for making an enzyme that breaks down histamine. So some people have a genetic variation that uh, it just doesn't process histamine properly. Oh, and, and one of the symptoms of histamine, obviously, that I uh, forgot to mention is congestion, um, sore throat, post-nasal drip, sort of like your typical allergy symptoms. And, um, and most people are familiar with them. So when we think of histamine, we think why your body is producing more and why did it stop uh, uh, clearing it? Why did it stop getting rid of it? And so it's really kind of having the two sides of the balance and trying to figure out where the problem happened. Um, one thing as a, the connection and why I see that and I help my patients with digestive issues is that the enzyme that breaks down histamine is the DAO enzyme, diamine yeah. oxidase is made uh, predominantly produced in the intestine. So when you have somebody with uh, dysbiosis, which is having um, uh, unhealthy balance between good and bad bacteria, or they have SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is having too much bacteria in the small intestine, or they may have yeast in the gut or uh, certain nutrient deficiencies like vitamin C, mm -hmm. vitamin B6, magnesium, uh, intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So these are things that are going to affect the health of the gut and, and may cause inflammation in the gut naturally the cells in the intestine are going to produce less of this enzyme as a result your body will hold on to more of the uh, more histamine now if you have somebody who's not aware of the histamine connection and they start eating more histamine foods or they're not aware that things like um, eggplant and tomato and eggs can uh, and citrus fruit um, you know you have foods that make histamine and foods that make uh, promote your body to release histamine internally um, then they start having symptoms that there's too much histamine. Um, so like uh, so there are certain medications that block the enzyme. Um, tea and alcohol block the DAO enzyme. So we really want to promote if someone is suspecting a histamine issue, um, what are the foods that we need to avoid or limit? And then also how we are making our food and then looking at the root causes. And so food sensitivities can make your body release histamine, but so as other digestive issues. Um, so really to, in order to solve the problem, um, looking, doing that investigative work is gonna be really helpful. Cause the last thing I, I want somebody is to stay on a low histamine or any elimination diet long-term cause they're really tedious and can be restrictive and in nutrient deficiencies long-term. 
So let's boil it down for everybody watching and listening today. If they've got histamine intolerance and they really don't know what to do, what are like what are the top three things you would tell them to do to begin with? And then uh, what are three things that they could take that may start to heal them? Let's, let's give them a little cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say stay away from aged and fermented foods. So things like cured meats and pickled foods and vinegar as well, too. And um, I'll name certain things, citrus fruit, eggs, and um, tomato, eggplant, spinach, and avocado. These are like the big ones when it comes to histamine. Okay. When you make your meals, um, make your meals and eat them the same day or even um, maybe the next day maximum. Don't eat foods that are left. Minimize leftovers. Yes. And then um, look look at root causes. So that's something that somebody can do on their own or seek the help. What is going on in the gut? Other symptoms in the gut that could help uh, with getting to the root cause so that the body naturally can get rid of the histamine or the excess histamine. Gotcha. Do you like a lot of those like gut shakes, like with glutamine or collagen? Do you feel like those help heal the gut in your experience? We use them a lot in practice. I was just curious to see what you see as well. Yeah. I mean, we just have to be careful because if you think of collagen, it's, um, bone broth or like bones that are cooked for a very long time. So they can actually, be difficult to tolerate for people with histamine. So if somebody huh. takes collagen and they feel worse, that could be a sign Got of you. histamine so intolerance. It's almost like the more a food sits around, the more bacteria is in it, and that higher bacterial load, you're saying people with histamine intolerance can't take. They actually need a simpler, uh, they need foods with a simpler bacterial profile. Would that be a better way to think about it? Yes, it's it's really the bacteria is going to break down certain proteins in food to produce histamine. So absolutely, uh-huh. the more the food sits, the longer histamine uh, will build up or the more histamine that will build up. Interesting. What are the lowest histamine foods that somebody could eat if they're, they don't want to think about what they can't do, but they want to think about what they can do? What are maybe the top five low histamine foods that you would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. So something like oatmeal would be great because initially we want to eliminate eggs on a low histamine diet. So having a bowl of oatmeal or quinoa would be uh, a great addition. Uh, Things that are fresh, like fresh chicken is okay, fresh beef, turkey. Uh, We want to avoid uh, fish, shellfish, and tuna. Um, Lots of options when it comes to vegetables and fruit. We have broccoli, zucchini, cabbage. Um, Kale is a good alternative for spinach. Um, and then fruit, we have mango, we have peach, watermelon, um, carrot is another one that is easy. So we have lots of fruit other than the citrus that we would have to avoid. Um, uh, herbal teas are okay, but not green tea. So making that small shift, that could be really helpful. So tea and coffee and alcohol make histamine intolerance worse as well, correct? Um, I wouldn't say for sure coffee. I'd say for sure tea, energy drinks, and alcohol block the um, enzyme that breaks down histamine. Huh. Wow. All right. More complexity when it comes to the world of digestive health. It feels like you hit one frontier and then there's another one to conquer, but there are lots of folks out there struggling. Uh, They can't figure out what their digestive issue is or how it's linked to their autoimmune disease or to the many different symptoms that they face. And as Noor has described, histamine intolerance can affect your hormones, it can affect your joints, it can affect 
you know, uh, just how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis and definitely obviously affects your digestive health. So this has been great information. Is there anything else you want to make sure the audience knows? Um, and then how can they all connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So like one of the things is if you follow a low histamine diet and you don't feel 100% better, um, know that if you, you could have food sensitivities that make your body produce histamine. So you could have a sensitivity to foods that are okay on the diet, but um, trigger histamine. Um, so I, I say definitely do that investigative work. Don't give up just from the first week or for the first trial. If your body's telling you that you're not feeling good, then there's something up there. Um, if people like to reach reach out, I incorporate, um, you know, I talk about food testing, uh, stool testing all the time. My website is a great place to go. Um, I do have an article of, you know, that I talk about histamine in detail. So I'm happy to share links uh, with you and, um, can easily be searched on my website. Perfect. And what is your website again, just so everybody knows? Yes, it's uh, Noor Zibda, and I can spell my name, N-O-U-R-Z-I-B as in Bob, D as in David, E-H, NoorZibda.com. Perfect. Well, thank you for taking time to educate us on this very important issue. And for everybody out there, you know, this is one that doesn't get a lot of press and doesn't get a lot of attention. So if you're having some of these symptoms, this is definitely something to think about, track your symptoms, record them, see if you can connect the dots, and then start in the way that Nora talked about by maybe eliminating the highest histamine foods and going from there. Well, thank you all for joining this episode of Superwoman Wellness. And as you know, Wellness is now on, on Spotify as well. Take a moment to rate and review it and share it with your friends and for everybody else. I will see you guys next time.